1: Welcome into the Inside Carolina post-game podcast. Carolina 7366 over UCLA. We're sponsored by Johnny T-shirt, Johnny Tshirt.com. The title of this story is going to be the love fest. Sherelle, I'm not quite sure. Um, first of all, I, don't, I can't remember the last time I saw a Carolina guy shoot as many shots as Caleb Love did. Um, I'm not sure I've seen a Carolina player have a half like Caleb Love just had. 27 points in the second half to lead Carolina. Never felt like Carolina could get over the hump until he just decided to take it on his own. What do you think?
0: It was a phenomenal performance. Uh, You know, people think I'm being hyperbolic here uh, the last few weeks with saying this is some of the best or this is some of the greatest, but you're not going to find a better half uh, really in, you know, maybe Carolina basketball history in the NCAA tournament. I mean, he, like you said, Tommy, put on his back. I mean, we were talking about was phenomenal uh, past two games when we're talking about how amazing it was that he had 27 points in in those two games that he was averaging that he he tied his own uh, UNC record for most threes in a game that he shares with Brady Manning and with Marcus Page. Uh, So it was just a phenomenal performance. And I think a lot of the, uh, we'll call it suffering (laughs) that UNC fans did this season that, that uh, dealing with love, you know, play has been consistent at times. I think that uh, his ability to tune out the noise um, and really just focus on what he does best uh, came through tonight. And what he does best, really, a huge, difficult, gigantic three, and that's what he did tonight. Uh, I'll, I'll share something. So uh, pretty close with his with his I was texting with his dad, talking with his dad earlier today, and he called me. He was like, man, I'm just so excited. to Go, Caleb. Look in his eye, we've been looking at UCLA film since Monday, blah blah blah. And I was like, Well, what he said, extremely relaxed. I said, Okay, we'll we'll see how that we'll see how that manifests. And the first half, it didn't quite manifest itself the way uh that I think he intended, but in that second half, man, it just took a couple of layups and then like everything for him. So just a tremendous win for UNC. A tremendous win for Hebert Davis for his staff for the plus. I mean, their arguably most consistent player was not 100, and that's not the way we thought the game was going to go. We thought UCLA's consistent player wasn't going to be 100, percent. but um, they fought and they battled. And I think again, see what happens when you go through the rigors of the ACC. Those games on the road at Louisville, at Clemson, at Duke, at NC State—all that stuff prepared, and it—it it looked rough there. Um, for a while, but it is just came around hanging around and then love like he's done a year, you know, made tough shots and took them over the top.
1: He did. And, uh, Shrelle, your your fi is just a little bit weak in and out there, but I certainly get the gist and everything you said. And I agree, um, Gregory, I don't know if you're going to know the reference, but it must be the shoes, right? Explain to us what
2: must be the shoes. You switched them at halftime per Ross Martin of inside Carolina. He was wearing the all-black Space Jams and then switched shoes at halftime. But the, he wore the all-black Space Jams against Baylor as well. And then he pulled out the blue Pantone 11s. And he shot 16 shots in the second half. I think Rell going to reconnect and come back in here. Um, oh, hold on. I have to change. Rell can't just leave me on the fly, Rell. All right, we're good. Um, 16 shots Caleb Love took in the second half as a team UNC took 32. He took 50% of the shots and he made 10 of them and he scored what he scored 27. 27 which is 27's his career high without like in a game. And he did it in the second half and put up 30. And it's just phenomenal and Hubert Davis mentioned it walking off the court talking to the sideline reporter um I don't remember. I don't know who it was today. Jamie, but, Jamie Erdo. There you go. Um, and said, I just love his confidence. We we needed him tonight. And I just told him at halftime to stay confident. And to what Ro was saying about how relaxed Caleb was. And I get fans aren't. It, I mean, it's the Caleb Love experience, right? Armando's even said it. We live and die by it sometimes. And it's been a while. I think the last time you he's live and died by Caleb Love was probably the Syracuse game. And they lived that game. And they lived tonight. And... I mean, I don't I mean we can find it and I'm sure Steve, I'm sure Kirshner will have it. But do we know the last UNC player, the last UNC team to have two separate guys score 30 in the tournament? Can well, we can we think remember. of it off the top of our heads? I
1: can't I can't remember. It's just not a thing. It's not
0: a thing that yeah. Carolina's done. The guys don't score 30 often for UNC in the tournament. Right. tournament. Two separate back to back games. Yeah, before Manic, the last time was Ziller, and that was two thousand twelve, I believe. So you're talking about, you know, kind of a once-in-a-decade type deal that's happened twice in a week.
2: Did we think two months yeah. ago we were be, we were going to be talking about this team as a once-in-a-decade team?
0: So let me eat, grow. Uh, uh, you know, on the positive side, I think I have planned in my, on how talented this team is since October, and I would, would not be back down from that. However, after the Pittsburgh game, I came on here with Joey. Tommy was on vacation. I'm not sure where he was. And I said, it doesn't matter if Carolina wins a couple of games because they're not going to do anything of consequence in March. And you know, <laughs> let that be a lesson. Is that to a, all is that of a you. direct quote? That's a direct quote. <laughs> you can go find it from the. I shouldn't have brought it up, but you can go find it from the uh, post game uh, podcast after the pit game uh, because you know they hadn't shown this, and it just it's just amazing how far they have come as a team um, to be able to battle. I mean, what was when we when we talked about the beginning of the season and some of those losses. It was oh, they get eight, they get down seven or eight, they're going to quit and they'll be down 25 in short order. That happened four times in the first, you know, two or three months of the season, and now they got down, they were down what nine in Cameron, about to get a knockout punch. They were down eight tonight, about to get a knockout punch. Um, Baylor, Baylor knocked them down on a, a you know, on the standing eight, I guess <laughs> it saved them. They got back up at nine and found a way to win, but. That is the toughness that Hubert Davis has been talking about for months. And it's really cool to see it manifest itself this way. Um, and now they're, they're going to play for a chance to go to the final four, which is just an absurd thought considering where we were, um, you know, a month ago.
2: UCLA led 64 to 61 with 140 to play. And UNC and wins it, by seven.
0: And Caleb Love happened. And Caleb that is Love. I just,
2: <laughs> this is, It's back-to-back games that, like, the other team was in control and UNC found a way to win. That's what – I mean, yes, Caleb, Caleb loves the story here, but that's the second story. It's like, Can we agree on that? Uh, let me tell you
1: what the play of the game was. It was Armando Baycott saving that rebound, getting it back in, I believe Taliki, who got it to love, who hit the three to tie the game. I said early in the game um, when Love – it was early in the second half when Love didn't hustle after a 50-50 ball, and I think Hake has got the big dunk um, that gave UCLA some momentum. I said, you can't win if you don't get the 50-50 balls like that. And then Baycott made a play like that, and Love turns around and hits the shot um, that saves the season for Carolina. Just a, um, and cra- a crazy string of events right there after you mentioned – UCL up 64-61. Um, Caleb Love misses a shot. Baycott saves it back in. Love hits a shot. They miss a shot. Love hits another shot, and then Carolina's on their way. Just a, a fantastic string there for Carolina and typifies what Hubert Davis has been preaching all year long.
0: Tommy uh, and Gregory, if you remember this play, let me know. I thought another big one was, um, and Spanarkle and, and, and Eagle t- talked about it, Freddie Maniker got frustrated with himself probably around the under eight timeout. And Hubert Davis subbed him out for about, I think it was like the 838, something, I think, somewhere around there, subbed him out for Puff. Puff played some really good defense for a couple of possessions on Hawkes and Juzang. And uh by the time Manicher back got back in, he was rested. I think UNC was down five when he went out. Uh, and he came back in, hit that three and eventually got UNC up 61-60. So another nice little subtle coaching move from Hebert Davis to put in Puff, use his length, um, use his, his footwork on, on the defensive end to get Mannix head back into the game. And then, you know, he hit a huge shot for him, too.
2: So when Mannix came back in, he missed a three mm-hmm. and he was pissed at himself, as he always is. He, he, he ripped off his headband. Like, all the other times, he'll, like, bend down, slap his knees, scream an F-bomb, but he missed that one, and he was wide open. He took his time, shot from the elbow, from the wing, missed it, ripped off his headband, and I tweeted at 11.32 p.m. I said, Manic is out of sorts, too mad at himself. I know he's always mad at himself, but his team needs him right now. I then tweeted at 11.33, <laughs> and he hits the three for the lead, UCLA timeout. Oh, so, yeah,
0: yeah 100%. Yeah. A uh, note, a note I just read, Tommy, from David Warlock on Twitter: The so North Carolina Saint Peter's game in the Elite Eight will be the first eight versus fifteen game in tournament history. Wow! Well, because the fifteen, well, you know, yeah, yeah, because the fifteen 15's never 15's it, never too. been there. Yeah,
1: yeah. That it is. Uh, you, you know, we talked a lot, and, and and he's really shown us all to be wrong. Uh, we talked a lot about Hubert Davis and whether he had the chops early. Uh, players make plays, but. The way he has orchestrated this team and put his players in positions has um, just been fascinating to watch. And, and, you know, who knows what happens on Sunday? St. Peter's is a team of destiny. I, I told Vipulis on this podcast a couple of days ago that I wanted Carolina to play St. Peter's. And that's what I was thinking the whole time is like, they got to figure out how to win this because I want to see them play St. Peter's. And here we are. And Sherelle, to your point, who ever thought this would have happened? <laughs> <laughs> I mean let's let's talk a little bit about leaky black like we always do um, you know especially over the last month and a half of the season didn't do anything offensively one for five um, you know two points a couple rebounds but his defense and, and quite frankly early in the game Juzang and Jaquez and Jules Bernard were just making shots but then you look at Haquez's stats five for 18. Juzang, just
2: five for 13. Gregory, you're chomping at the bit. What's up? So Brady Manic guarded Hawkes the entire first half. And Hawkes had eight points. It was four for seven. Hawkes came out in the second half, went right at Manic, scored. did score. They again. switched leaky on him. And he <laughs> missed his next 10 shots and didn't yeah. score. Yep. That's it's just it's just unbelievable. It's not unbelievable because it's what he's been doing all year. But just to give the confidence in Brady, because I mean, holding Hawkes to eight points in the first half is still good, right? But it's like, for, for Brady, that's good. And it's good for a lot of people. But then to have that switch and be like, all right, Hawkeye is cooking a little bit. We're going to put Leaky on him. Could, could you imagine as being a player, is like you, you're getting into a rhythm in that first half and then you get switched Leaky on you? and then you miss next 10 shots. I can't imagine the frustration. Hawkeyes, okay, one
1: for 11, two points, 0 for 3 from 3, 20 minutes. They all played. I mean, we, we talk about Carolina minutes, and it's the same way, but look at UCLA's minutes in this one. Bernard, 38. Juzang Campbell, Hawkeyes, 38 apiece. Riley and the other big they had um, split their time pretty much. Just a, I thought it was a fantastic basketball game to watch, Um You know, this NCAA tournament, Sherelle, you've watched it a lot as as I have. I can't remember it being as exciting and and as just down to the wire. Uh, I mean, maybe it is every year and it's recency bias, but, man, these games have been unbelievable. And it's been – it doesn't matter who's playing. Um, You know, it's a little bit stressful when it's the team you cover. Um, But another great basketball game in NCAA tournament.
0: I think teams aren't able to consolidate talent the way they used to. Um, That's part of it. And then a lot of the talent that may be in college basketball has gone elsewhere. And then a lot of the talent that might be still being called as leads after one year. So that's made it easier for some of the programs who maybe don't have the recruiting budgets like St. Peter's or um, who don't have the footprint across the country or know nationally made it easier for them. I think to compete a little bit because they can, still get great players. And then you have the transfer transfer portal into that situation um, and teams can rebuild pretty much every single season. So I think that's definitely a part of it. There's no dominant team. Even the, the teams with talent uh, maybe don't have the experience. There's not many experienced teams with talent or, or talented teams with experience, either way you want to say it. So I think that's part of it too. Um, and then uh, it, it's just, there's a lot of good basketball players now, uh, probably more than there were a couple decades ago so that's part of it too but yeah this this year has been uh pretty pretty amazing i can't outside of the first round there haven't been a ton of just you know beat downs usually there's one or two even on the second there's like a overmatched five against a really good one or something like that and we just haven't particularly seen that uh this year and um yeah for north carolina man it's just again i'm just looking over the ball. i'm, I'm rambling a little bit as we try to get all of our thoughts together but uh you you're starting to get some 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 2017 vibes with the way they're closing games uh you know it was 13 to 6 they closed the game in overtime against baylor to 12 to 2 over the last minute and 45 46 last two minutes i guess uh so you you're seeing that the ability to close and then frankly uh you have to look at armando bacon man i i know He gets overlooked because he's just expected to do, you know, to have 15 and 15, but playing hurt, he shot 60% from the field, 14 points, 15 rebounds, and a really huge block there late in the game. I'm not, I can't remember who it was. Uh, It it might've been, it It might've been Juzang. It was Juzang. Juzang. Yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, that's a, that's a huge play. Because Carolina was struggling to get stops at that point. And just his ability to to be a little bit of a rim protector, even not at a hundred percent was huge. So um, just a lot going for UNC. And, uh, you know, Tommy, we are – by the next time we potentially do uh, Inside Carolina post-game podcast, there's a possibility that we could be at DEFCON 1 and that nuclear war will be breaking out next Saturday. <laughs> possibility. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but this is – I can't – this is as close as it – was since 91 maybe? As close uh-huh. as it's been since 91. So we'll see what happens over the next 48 hours.
1: Yeah, In 91, they were both in the same building. Um, yep. with one game apart. Now they yep. are cross country from each other, one game apart. Um, yeah. You, Yeah. I can't <laughs> imagine what's going to happen. Carolina and St. Peter's, what do we think about after watching St. Peter's? I, I, I'll i say this, and we'll preview it more tomorrow and, of course, um, on Inside Carolina Live in less than 10 hours for me and, and Gregory. Um, Sherelle, when I was watching St. Peter's, uh, it's a great story. I thought they had no shot against Purdue. Uh, okay. I mean, I just didn't think they had any shot or Kentucky. And, yeah. Well, I take away Kentucky game. Take away whoever else they played there. How are they going to beat Purdue with Purdue's size?
0: Purdue yeah, they, doesn't defend. I mean, they Purdue did. just doesn't. Yeah, they they don't have an interest in in, in defending, and that that's been there at Keeley's Hill for the last couple of seasons. And the reason uh, they you know haven't advanced further in the tournament. Uh, I think against St. Peter's, it's just going to be a tough, physical, muck it up kind of game. Uh, it, I would liken it to playing an old school Big East team. Uh, you know, they're, they they got bruisers. They're going to try and fight you. They might be undersized, but they're not going to back down. Uh, so I, I know that it looks uh, – it's a 15 seed. So in your mind, it, it's hard to psychologically say, oh, well, there's a chance they could lose that game. But North Carolina absolutely could lose on Sunday. Let's not – I like that's not the case uh, we've seen them lose against teams who have losing records or uh, who aren't playing particularly their best. So they're going to have to get up and, and uh, rest, but uh, Baycott's going to have to hit the training table pretty hard and uh, get ready for Sunday. Uh, I will say uh, we talked about this the last couple of weeks. They're pretty good on these 48 hour turnarounds. Um, uh, I think the only time They've lost on a 48-hour turnaround was the Tennessee game back in November and yep. then Virginia Tech in the ACC tournament. Both well, 24 so I, hours. Yeah, both 24 hours. But in 48 hours, they had that stretch where they played, I think it was Saturday, Monday, Wednesday. They won that. They won both of their Saturday, Monday um, games, you know, the Saturday, Monday stretches. They won both of those, like Louisville and State and maybe like Louisville and Syracuse or something like that. So, they're actually pretty good and then last weekend marquette and baylor so they're they're solid on these 48 hour turnarounds
1: looking at uh looking at the elite eight the acc is going to have eight or three of the eight in the elite eight is miami winning they were up 11 just a second ago i assume they're going to close that out uh you know all this talk about the acc being down i mean college basketball is played in march and april and Mm We're seeing how the ACC rolls in that, um, seeing how, you know, Hubert Davis has done exactly what Roy Williams and Dean Smith wanted to do every year is to get their teams peaking in this time of year. Um, Gregory, uh, tomorrow on our show, we've got plenty to talk about, but just your pre-preview of that show. And also, is there a rule – and I want to ask you both of this, is there some sort of rule that says R.J. Davis and Caleb Love can't do it both (laughs) in the same game? Uh, The only time they've
2: done it was Duke.
0: Yeah,
1: The only time they've done it was at Duke. You got 31 night, 30 the next.
0: Even at Duke, they didn't shoot particularly well, though. It was more driving and dishing. There, there, Mm -hmm. There hasn't been a game in a long time where both of those guys are hot
1: yep yeah it's just Um, uh it's it's crazy. look uh, before you talk shout out to the 662 people in here with us live watching sir late late night wow rolling go
2: ahead gregory yeah this is the most people we've had since roy retired which is pretty cool we that was like our like second ever live we had a thousand people for that rightfully so also did you guys see roy when um caleb iced it he was just like yeah it was (laughs) classic Um, it is uh yeah, this I wanna crazy. I'm gonna rip off some stats here. Um, UNC entered this game holding their last nine opponents to 40.7 percent shooting. UCLA shot almost 50 percent in the first half, but then missed, I believe, 12 of their last 16. Uh, th- missed 11 of their final 16. So really locked it in when it mattered most. Caleb Love is the first Tar Heel to score 27 in the second half since Luke May scored. 27 in 2018 against state. Hmm. It was just state. Um, yeah. Right. Uh, let's see here. It's Armando's 28th double double. He is one shy of tying Tim Duncan's all time ACC record. Um, I had one more.
1: Get it out, man. We got the, we got, we're almost got 700 people. We're going to break <laughs> the bank.
2: Right. Oh, you talked about St. Peter's. I wanted to move on to them for a little bit. Uh, someone asked the early preview stuff. I think it was you, but also in the chat, Doug Eddard, the guy with the stash, the white guy, Um, he is leading the, we have over 700 now. So that's cool. We are leading the, he's leading the NCAA tournament and points per possession scored at 1.34 and is shooting nearly 70% on picking on like ball screens. Mm-hmm. So that's something to watch. And he was cold in the first half tonight and then kind of got going a little bit in the second half. But yeah, he's leading the tournament in points per possession at 1.34. Although that doesn't include what Caleb just did. So, well, it is a uh, Carolina
1: 73-66. We got anything else? We need to let everybody watching go to sleep so they can come up and watch us <laughs> again at 10 a.m. But what else you got to close us out,
2: Sherelle? Hold on before Sherelle goes because I don't want mm. I want him to end. Dude, you can't cut Sherelle off. I, he didn't start talking. I didn't cut
1: him <laughs> off. Yeah, <it's>
2: <laughs> technically. R.J. Davis and Caleb Love are the first pair pair of UNC basketball teammates to notch 30-point games in a single
0: NCAA tournament. There There you go. go. And Brady Brady Manning would have been the third. So that would have been the first time there was three. But, you know, the official got in his feelings when they were up 25.
2: First time ever.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's been a lot. We we have to wait this, too. Like, there's not been many teams, but there's only been four guys doing the majority of the scoring. I mean, those four guys accounted for what ninety six percent of the points tonight. I think Puff had two and Leaky had two. Is that right? And then it was yeah. just those four guys.
2: When were, when did Leaky have his two?
0: I don't remember. <laughs>
1: I really I, don't remember. I, I think he got was a it a putback? A putback or a
0: layup at some oh, point? Okay, okay. So you had those four guys with uh, sixty nine, and then Leaky with two, and Puff with two. Who's your non Caleb player of the game? Yeah. Who's your non Caleb player of the game?
1: Yeah, Leaky Black.
0: Yeah, Leaky. I mean, you l- look at the numbers for Juzang and and in the second half. I mean, they were like, I- I'll look it up right now. I don't know why I said look it up like I don't have the stats right here. <laughs> Juzang
1: two, <laughs> Hawkeyes
0: and Juzang combined
1: for three for nineteen in the second half. Yeah. Remember, remember all the talk about Love and R.J. Davis in the first half, three for fifteen or seventeen. Three for 15, what it was. Yes, three for fifteen. Yes. So two of their big four did the exact same thing in in the second half
0: so my my message to carolina fans and inside carolina subscribers is to enjoy this uh, i know that there are other things in, at play that may make you not want to enjoy this at much but these things are fleeting if anything that we've learned from the last i would say five or six years is that these are kind of opportunities even in a place like unc don't come along off don't come along often. I mean, uh, Roy Williams, as great as he was after 2017, they just had trouble winning in the NCAA tournament. Um, So just cherish this because this is special. Um, This is kind of unprecedented going back to Bill Guthridge, um, even though he had a much more talented team than Hubert Davis has right now. Uh, But just enjoy it because once it ends, this group of Carolina players will never be together again. Uh, because some will be leaving, some will be graduating, some will have other interests. So um, at, at, at most, we know there's at least one more game with this team. So try to enjoy it and don't uh, worry about other things. Just enjoy this Carolina team because it, they, they have given the fan base, you know, probably the biggest regular season win in Carolina history. And now one of the most rewarding slash fun slash surprising runs in the NCAA tournament that Carolina's had in a long time.
1: Yeah, 714 people watching us at the moment, 720, jumping around. You know, it's been fun to talk about this stuff. It's been fun to come on these shows and do these post-game podcasts. Somebody mentioned on the board, it's always easier to talk about it when the biscuit goes in the basket. Well, you're absolutely right, because there was a time tonight I was thinking, what are we going to talk about (laughs) now? And Gregory wants to do this thing live. Good Lord. Um, and, and, and should we just go until 10 a.m.?
0: Let's, let's, yeah. let's, let's just do it.
1: <laughs> yeah. You're going to live stream me sleeping <laughs> here shortly. Um,
2: people
0: do it all
1: the time. Well, I got more stats for you before we get off here. Go ahead. Give us some more stats. And let me do this. Shout out to Johnny T-shirt, mm-hmm. T-shirt.com. Everybody in this chat that's watching, 733 people watching right now, get on T-shirt.com and order something. They've got those jerseys. They've got the NIL stuff. O- order something from Johnny
0: T-shirt. Do
1: that for us and Look, do can, that for them.
0: Can I jump in on Johnny T-shirt real quick? 100%. Heck yeah. So I'm actually driving up to Chapel Hill in like seven hours because my daughter turns five on Monday and she's never been to Carolina. So we're going to go to the Morehead Planetarium, have a nice day on campus, walk around, get lunch, do all that stuff. And you know where she said she wanted to go? Cause she wanted to get some Carolina stuff. Where do you think She'd she said t- jts jts so we will be there at like 11 30 tomorrow to pick her out some some UNT gear because that's what she wants because she she loves watching carolina and that's where things are at so if anybody's there if you're in chapel Hill tomorrow stop by sounds like
1: autograph signing coming up
0: <laughs> not, <laughs> not at all you get right, my daughter's autograph right there that's, on the bench outside johnny t-shirt that's the one you want you want hers she, she's a rock star you want hers
1: that is awesome, but yeah, they're great. They're great friends of Inside Carolina, so take care of them. I mean, like us and review us and rate us and all that stuff, but also hit up Johnny T-shirt. What you got, do, De- uh, Dewey, Gregory? Hopefully we talk
2: to Dewey in the morning. Yeah, uh, I, would, I expect all 700-plus of y'all to be back at this YouTube channel tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. if you're not too hungover, that is. But even if you are, you know, great – my voice, Tommy's voice – Great recovery. Wouldn't you say so, Tommy? Absolutely. It gets lower and lower the more I talk. So, <laughs> um, Can you guys, a you know, little trivia for you. Can you name the last UNC player to have 30 in the Sweet 16 or later? Al Wood. What year would that have been? 81. He had was three Close. In the Final Four. I, I was going to say Austin Davis. Also in the 80s, yeah? Late 70s jr reed in 87 okay. oh i
1: was there against notre dame notre dame yeah Yep, he <laughs> did it in the actually, sweet 16 i was in the building and then ronnie cycling happened Ronnie, oh
0: my gosh kenny also, smith actually kenny smith
1: has, uh they had uh i, Davis, I was, I was Davis, negative yeah. 11 years old in 87 <laughs> dude i'm gonna go ahead and tell you as much as you like sports you missed a heck of a decade or two there oh i believe it 70s 80s and early 90s i know you were alive in early 90s but you didn't you don't remember it i wasn't alive in the early 90s you were born in 98 that's right yeah he does not even sherelle fun fact to folks (laughs) gregory (laughs) doesn't even remember when vince carter nope antoine Mm -hmm.
2: jameson jerry stackhouse and rashid wallace played for the only vince carter i've ever seen was when he played for the hawks at the end of his career the hawks (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that is All right. it is really we're getting tired uh, here, hubert but. davis is the ninth head coach ever to make the elite eight in his first year
1: mm. he needs to be uh steve fisher
2: a few more games to do it baycock can set
1: the record i guess can tie the record tim duncan's record on sunday carolina st peter's i don't know if they've announced the time i saw the times for tomorrow's games
0: uh, but anyway I, I had assumed it was going to be 505 until st peter's won and now i'm not so sure because it's going to be Kansas, Miami, and then UNC, Saint Peter's. Yep. I I think Carolina might be the early game, honestly. UNC, Duke, Final Four. Look at that. I mean, that's what I'm saying. We're we're at DefCon too. we We're we're preparing the nukes, and we've got the the warbirds ready to go, and uh, we're we're two wins away from that happening. And yeah, I just that would that would be something. I, I think that's all I can say about that. Carolina is
1: five of five according to ESPN. Okay calling is 505 on cbs
0: okay okay they are i can do
1: five. Eight point favorite out the gate tommy Let's are we driving it. up after the show tomorrow um i've been asked already <laughs> multiple times from uh the people already in philadelphia
0: we'll talk i do think and to, to our subscribers if you if you a lot of people say how can i impact this how can i help you and see well this is an opportunity there's going to be tickets available so if you have the financial means and the ability to drive up to Philadelphia, which is not a long drive from the triangle, you'll be able to find a ticket and uh, you can make that a, a really comfortable environment for UNC, I think. Yeah, it's going to be
1: fun because it's going to be Carolina versus the world um, when St. Peter's is out there. Mm-hmm. Let's get out of here. Johnny T-shirt again, our sponsor, Gregory Hall running at Sherelle McMillan. Appreciate you staying up late on the patio, on the screened-in porch. Don't hear the, bird, oh, don't hear the birds chirping. I guess even the birds are asleep. <laughs> Carolina wins, 73-66. Caleb Love drops a 30-piece on the Bruins. We'll talk to everybody again tomorrow. Inside Carolina Live right here on this YouTube channel and on WCHL 97.9 The Hill. Joey Powell, Gregory Hall, myself. Sherelle's welcome to call in if you want. We'll make it a big old party.
0: I might just drive over to the studio.
1: Oh, that's even better. <laughs> Sherelle McMillan in live. You in can't person. tease us
2: like that. Yeah, really. Bring biscuits. Bring, the, bring your daughter.
0: Uh, Oh, y'all wouldn't get a word in, so you don't want that. You wouldn't get a single word in. They don't want to listen to us anyway. (laughs) Anyway, Yeah. All
1: right, boys, we're getting out of here. Everybody watching, listening, appreciate it. Six hundred seventy-six people. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back post game about seven thirty on Sunday. We'll see what we have to talk about at that point.
0: Peace. Okay. Picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.